Hey, this is Steve the Lemon Sour with Carol Miller's Get the Lead Out, and you're listening to the Ramble On Podcast. Fans. Brian Gardner here, and this is Ramble On Radio, episode 11, the only regular Led Zeppelin podcast on this or any other internet. And if the American government has its way, uh, it'll be some other internet you'll be listening to in the next uh, next few years, I suspect. Uh, but welcome to Ramble On Radio. Uh, be sure to go to rambleonradio.com for all your Led Zeppelin news and any links I mentioned during the show, which actually should be this time out. Um, nothing. There should should be virtually nothing there. Um, uh, not a lot this 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 episode. Uh, there's a few small stories running around, and um, we'll see where it all goes from there. But but really not a lot, um, and certainly no kind of big deal. Add a link. Make sure you see this type of type of thing. No big urgent story. Um, there were, however, in, in January, there were two Led Zeppelin birthdays, John Paul Jones on the 3rd, Jimmy Page on the 9th, and uh, I probably should have mentioned this last time, uh, I think actually I, I recorded on, I'm trying to think, uh, I think it was a Sunday and Jimmy Page was the next day or something, you know, um, and I probably should have caught that, uh, but I didn't. Uh, so happy birthday to the boys. That's Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, both of them in their late 60s, you know. Uh, they're getting up there. Uh, something interesting in the email bin this week. Um, one of the nice things about doing a blog like this and, and uh, on, a, on a podcast like this, on a blog, is, is you get oddball emails from people out of the blue. Uh, that sometimes just have a story to tell. And uh, I got one this week. Uh, we talked a fair bit about... Um, is Robert Plant and Patty Griffith married? Are they engaged? Are they just, you know? And so uh, this is James in Austin, Texas. And James went to the Guitar Center in Southwest Austin last week. And who was there? Patty Griffith and Robert Plant. Um, and uh, I, I think I can read the whole thing. I, I don't see. Um, I'll not give his last name because I haven't got his permission to use this. But uh, greetings from Austin, Texas. I just saw the blog on the speculation of marriage between Plant and Griffith. Um, it was Guitar Center in Southwest Austin when they had just, I was in Guitar Center in Southwest Austin when they just opened up. Robert Plant and Patty Griffin were already in the store and was checking it out. It was very funny to watch the two and they both were really having a good time joking with themselves. Very few people that were in the store. I wrote about it on my Facebook page. Uh, it's still up on his Facebook page. Uh, okay, I went to the regular Guitar Center here in Austin and found the perfect, this is what's on his Facebook page. Okay, okay. I went to the regular guitar center here in Austin and found a perfect acoustic guitar. Really did one of those perfect me and the guitar bonded immediately. Little did I know there was more to come. There were only three people in the store. And who were those three people? No shit, Patty Griffin and Robert Plant. Yep, and I think he was the other. <laughs> yep, I was, all I was missing was Buddy Miller. Robert Plant was freaking crazy funny. He said, quote, you know, I did a lot of drugs in my day, but now all I do is a lot of mopping and sweeping and lots of cleaning. He kept referring to Patty Griffin as his wife. They got along so well together. Ah, life in Austin, Texas. And then he, he kind of adds at the end, so maybe there's something to it. And uh, that's all there it is. It may be there's something to it. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, it's it's not entirely relevant to what we're talking about, which is the music. But it's it's a, you know, 
it's a story it's out there and uh, I you know need something to talk about sometimes okay on the news front Gibson.com has rated John Paul Jones and John Bonham the number one rock rhythm section ever um, and obviously I agree uh, as should you if you're listening to this I suppose um, but here's the top 10 and there's boy there's some weird ones in here uh, John Paul Jones and John Bonham number one number two Neil Pert and Geddy Lee uh, okay number three Chad Smith and Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers okay uh, number four Jay Lane and Les Claypool from Primus um, I really don't know Primus so no comment uh, Charlie Watts Bill Wyman Rolling Stones yeah okay Keith Moon and John Entwistle, number six, from The Who, obviously, um, yeah. Brad Wilk and Tim Comerfield from Rage Against the Machine, um, again, don't really know Rage Against the Machine, I don't see that one being re realistic. Number eight, get this one, number eight, Megan Jack White, <laughs> you know, there was somewhere I used to go on the internet, someone used to post on the internet all the time, um, it may have been one of the Led Zeppelin groups, and, uh, they're, they're, you know, under their signature was the tagline of Meg White can call herself a musician, so can I. And, uh, yeah, so number eight rhythm section, Meg and Jack White. Give me a break. Um, number nine, Trey Cool and Mike Dirt from Green Day. I'm, you know, I'm not seeing that one either. I'm not, I'm not feeling the love on that one. Uh, Green Day's an all right band, don't get me wrong, but they're just, just another punk band, really. They're, um, they're not doing anything exceptionally difficult or exceptional in terms of the rhythm section. Uh, whether the songwriting's, you know, way up there, that's another argument and another debate. Um, but I don't think musically they're doing anything that's that's outrageously difficult. And, uh, yeah, I don't see that one. And Sexton and Peanut. Peanut, by the way, P-N-U-T from 311. Never heard of them. If you can't even spell Peanut properly, you probably aren't that good a drummer. Um... Or bass player. <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is. Don't, but I don't know 311, so no comment, really. Um, so now, Gibson.com, they recently did guitarists, too. And, and I'm trying to remember. Jimmy Page is one or two. Uh, I don't recall if they did singers. Um, but they've been doing this stuff. Yeah, they did Frontman, and Robert Plant was number two or three. Um... So obviously, if they did groups, you'd have to think Led Zeppelin is one or two in their list. You'd have to think. If they got the best rhythm section, one of the top two guitar players, one of the top three front men. Um, yeah, I, I, I would almost have to go back and see it all that. But I do recall talking about or writing about the um, Robert Plant being on the top of the, the, the um, front men. Uh, and speaking of Robert Plant, um, this, this came up last night. I'm recording on Monday morning. Um, and normally I do Sunday night, but this just didn't work last night. Uh, Robert Plant received two tech awards. Robert Plant and the band of joy, in fact, received two tech awards. This showed up on their uh, homepage last night, Robert Plant's homepage. Uh, founded in 1990, the Tech Foundation for Excellence in Audio uh, is a 501c3 public benefit corporation dedicated to recognizing and furthering excellence in audio, video, music, and other communications media arts. The Foundation's signature program is Technical Excellence and Creativity Awards, honoring outstanding achievement in audio technology and production. So outstanding achievement in audio technology and production, Robert Plant and the Band of Joy received 
Uh, outstanding Creative Achievement, Record Production, Single or Track for Angel Dance. And uh, Remote Production, Recording or Broadcast. This is the second award for Remote Production, Recording or Broadcast. Robert Plant and the Band Enjoy Live in Concert NPR Music. So that's special they did on National Public Radio. Uh, I forget when that was. That was last summer, I believe. Um, that received them an award for Production Excellence. So congratulations to Robert Plant and the Band of Joy. That's, you know, it's not always just about the music. It's about, uh, as I know doing this podcast, as I'm learning doing this podcast, it's about uh, lots of little production tricks too. Marring it all together so that you can't hear my chair squeaks and my paper shuffling, for instance, and, uh, you know, sliding interviews into place that have been taken at a different point. So production is a big part of, of good music. Um... Uh, Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience have announced um, uh, a new date. Uh, just one island resort and casino in. Now I, I was I was assuming I read this island resort casino. I was assuming oh great they're taking the band to the Caribbean somewhere. Uh, that'll be nice for the guys <laughs> in Harris, Michigan. Uh, it's in northern Michigan, about, uh, to paraphrase Bob Seeger, about four hours out of Mackinac City. Um, so if you're stopping in a bar to have a brew, on, uh, I forget, I don't have the date written down. Um, I think it was April. It was uh, the latter part of April. Uh, is there going to be more dates? That's a good question. I would presume if they're, they got themselves into the Harris Casino... Um, and not being, I, I thought maybe it was, if it's a Caribbean, Caribbean resort, maybe it would be a one-off, maybe they do a couple of shows at that casino, something like that, more of a working holiday, but if it's, it's in Northern Michigan, then you got to figure maybe just maybe, um, there's more dates that, that he's not bringing everybody together just to treat the people of, uh, of, uh, Ann Arbor and Mackinac City to a show. Maybe, you know, maybe it's... Maybe. Uh, so I would expect more. Uh, and this um, and this week, type but new the new type but loose came out. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that later. But uh, this was dropped at the bottom of one about uh, the fall tour. Jason Bottoms Led Zeppelin Experience fall tour. Uh, there has been talk. Quote: There has been talk of the tour moving to Australia. Dates in the Q UK would all also be most welcomed. Um, so Dave Lewis is hearing Australia's on their list. Um, whether there's any truth to that, I don't know. Um, I don't suspect Dave actually knows what he's heard. Who knows? Um, but definitely looks like more Jason Bonham Led Zeppelin experience dates are coming. And if they're hitting Michigan, maybe they're hitting Ontario again. Maybe I get a chance to get out and see the boys one more time. Um, but we'll, we'll obviously we'll have to see how that goes. And speaking of tight but loose, uh, as I said, the the last edition for 2012 um, dropped uh, last week. Actually, showed up in my mailbox mailbox last Thursday. Uh, it's it's packed with good stuff. It's a great it's a great edition. Um, but he's also got um, a second edition, same edition with a different collector's cover. Um, and it's uh, it's got this cover has uh, Zeppelin, uh, uh, Page, Plant, and Jones sitting down um, from 1971, showing some pictures, and they they review their 1971 activity. Uh, so doing the acoustic set, uh, the alternate cover has pictures from 
um, um, Roy Harper's uh, 70th birthday gig with Jimmy Page and stuff. Um, and I think here's what he says about it. Um, Japan final interview. Uh, unique alternate limited edition collector's cover of TBL 31 in the first for Type of Loose magazine. For issue 31, we are producing a small, strictly limited edition Roy Harper Jimmy Page reunion collector's cover edition. This features an alternate cover to the standard issue. On the front, a photo of Roy Harper and Jimmy Page at last year's Royal Festival Hall by Ian Avey, whilst the back cover has a collage exclusive to this version only of rare images representing Japan and UK Fall 71 dates as chronicled in the magazine. Um, limited run of 150, each of them individually numbered. And you can order those at typebutloose.co.uk and then click around in there. Now, you can go to tblweb.com, but I think I found out that um, if you're going to order through PayPal, you have to go to typebutloose.co.uk. It won't, it won't automatically link to your PayPal account um, that way. I, I believe that was the reality. Uh, so yeah, type at loose.co.uk and uh, get your collector's edition. He says, he does say they're running out fairly quick. All right, um, Jimmy Page last week had the, uh, on this day for January 20, 1964, Rock This House by Etta James was released. And he, um, um, he, he worked on that. He recorded that, Etta James's Rock This Day. That's January 20th, 1964. He had it on this day. Uh, the same day, uh, January 20th, 2012, Etta James passed away. Um, so uh, kind of an odd, I mean, these things are going to happen. These little coincidences, they will happen in life. And just an odd coincidence. But uh, it struck me as odd, that's all. One of those I, I wanted to point it out. It struck me as odd. And you wonder if, you know, if it ever happens again, if it happens six months down the line to somebody else, if people will start talking about it. The curse of Jimmy Page is on this day or something. Because um, that's what we need to go back to, is that stuff. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the world needs to get to again, yeah. And Jimmy Page is cursing everybody around him. But with that history of that sort of stuff, it is, um, I, I thought it a bit, a bit funny that nobody grabbed it, nobody in the media grabbed it. And, right, and so here I am doing it. Ah, ha, 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 ha. What we won't do for a story around here. But yeah, so that was an odd coincidence. Um, meanwhile, with the, on this day, uh, today's actually is uh, in 1969. They played the Boston Tea Party, which is just one of the most famous venues of the time and one of the most famous gigs as well. And I believe that's one the one where um, I could be off. It could be the Yardbirds where uh, Jimmy Page walked away with uh, um, what's his name, singer from Aerosmith, American Idol guy. Um, Anyway, I walked away with his girlfriend. Uh, it might be the Yardbird, so my memory might be playing tricks on me there. But uh, it was definitely at the tea party where that happened. Um, and so this is 1969 on this day. Um, and to let you know what day I'm recording, of course, January 23rd. Um, the Led Zeppelin played the tea party. Big gig. Went and seen the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo last weekend. Um, and it's... Um, now, of course, I mention this not because, you know, I'm, I'm sliding, now I'm sliding movie reviews in our next, next edition, Harry Potter. Um, nothing like that, but they do it, um, the intro to this movie is uh, Trent Reznor's version of, and, and Karen, ah, uh, Karen somebody's, 
version of Immigrant Song. Uh, if you haven't heard it, go to YouTube, look up Trent Reznor, uh, Immigrant Song, or Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, even, it's it's on the cover. They do, so they do, it's almost like a James Bond intro, it really is. It's, you know, these kind of shots, of odd color, you can't really tell what it is. And they draw back, and it's all in, like, silver. Imagine Goldfinger in silver, it's almost that sort of a thing. To the song blasting over it, and it's, it's three-second camera hits, bing, 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 actually drives me a little nuts. It was probably my least favorite part of the movie. Um... And the music in it is very industrial, is the only word for it, I guess. Trent Reznor being that way um, throughout the whole movie. But that's, yeah, the, the, so the whole, the, the immigrant song turns up at the introduction. And uh, it just kind of blasts, and they do a lot of clip art, almost kind of bing, 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 bing. And uh, if you have ep epilepsy, you might want to show up five minutes late. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's a good movie. I've read the books. I've seen the Swedish movies. I really like the Swedish movies. Um, and this compared, this was comparably good. If you like it, it's worth going to. Um, if you don't know it, let's just say, think Silence of the Lambs, except dark and edgy. Um, <laughs> there you go, eh? Um, Joe Bonamassa. We don't talk a lot about necessarily Joe Bonamassa here. Um because well, he's got nothing directly to do with Led Zeppelin, although he is with Black Country Communion. He won Guitarist of the Year on, uh, uh, you know what, I didn't make a full note on it, um, on some or another magazine. He wins Guitarist of the Year, and he was cited partly for his work in Black Country Communion, too. And that's why I mention it. Um, uh, and, and last, you know, this... You do stuff like this, there's stories, you don't, you play, you wonder, wonder if you're going to do it. You think about, oh, do I want, is this where I want this to go? Uh, there's always going to be ones that you struggle with. Do you tell the story, do you not tell the story? I'm still struggling about telling the story of Simon Jasper McCarty. Um, son of drummer Jim McCarty. Uh, we'll do this quickly. He was in Hawaii, he got... They found some child porn images on his computer some time ago. He has pled guilty to the charges. Uh, no word on what his jail time or whatnot is. Now, I'm not going to go into the details. The details are, in fact, so this isn't uh, an oops or an innocent fella by any stretch. This is a, you know, um, but I have it all written down here. I'm not going to do it. Uh, if, if you want to look up Simon Jasper McCarty, see the details for yourself, knock yourself out. Uh, but I thought it, it's a story anyway. And um, uh, as it's in the, you know, if, if I kind of got this on my email, like I'm not journalist enough that I was, oh, I have to, I have to break this story. Uh, but as it's out there, I, 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 I think it needs mentioning, and I could be way off on that. But there it is. So Simon Jasper McCarty, Google him. If if you if you care, uh, okay. Um, type it loose, like I I was I was talking about before. Type it loose came out with their newest edition. It is number thirty two. Um, it has a, in it. Um, yeah, it's two cover designs as we mentioned. You have to order the second one special. Uh, and contents wise, Led Zeppelin nineteen seventy one peaking in Japan. Electric Magic in the UK. 
and they cover basically uh, the Japan Japan tour from Hawaii through Japan at late 71 into the British tour. There was a British tour at late 71 uh, where they did uh, like Brighton and places like that. Um, and some people think the Japan gigs may have been their best ever. They were certainly... And they're certainly good as good as they get. Whether they, whether it's their absolute peak or towards their peak, who knows? But um, they, they were, they are good gigs. If you, if you get the bootlegs, and they're really well documented on bootleg too. And the, this covers that. It tells you where all the bootlegs, you know, which ones they are. Um, covers that very well. Um, TBL tape but loose investigates number one. Just how much is the rare Led Zeppelin one UK tortoise leaf pressing really worth? And I never heard of this before. The um, the Led Zeppelin one album has in in the UK there was released one uh, quite accidentally with uh, where it says Led Zeppelin and the Atlantic logo and and on your version your album and my album it's an orange. Well, this was in a blue, a turquoise blue. Uh, it looks great. Actually, it looks better. You know. Um, they also released a cassette of it, and it's all an accident. But um, uh, but I guess they used probably the 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 photograph photography from the um, uh, you know the plates from the the album cover for the cassette cover too. Uh, and it's it's much rarer, I suppose. Anyway, one recently sold for um, like two thousand pounds, which uh, I don't know what the pounds at these days, but that's up close 2500 to 3000 anyway I would think uh, in the dollar front uh, and then and they, the article actually says you know for good to very good you know excellent 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 cover excellent album um, probably about a thousand pounds is really what what you're looking at getting uh, and a very good plus cover and album is about 450 which is you know four or sorry 400 to 650 pounds thousand dollars say and that's probably what you reasonably expect to find in anything like this is you know very good plus because people play their album guys guys sitting at home in 1970 didn't realize they had a rare version that's going to be worth thousands of pounds down the road otherwise it wouldn't be worth thousands of pounds down the road that's see that's how it works um so, but that was interesting i never heard of that so that was really interesting the other one is um um, where did they, where exactly did they perform their first gig under the name Led Zeppelin? And they were just trying to piece together where they were the Yardbirds. So they, they ran through Britain in late 1968. They did a four or five or six gigs, some universities, that sort of thing. And um, there is inconsistency in the record. So they're kind of documenting all that, trying to figure out um, what's, what's accurate, what's not. And it seems, just reading through it, it struck me that it's probable that at some gig, they were called Led Zeppelin, but they may have well been advertised as Yardbirds or New Yardbirds. Uh, in, in conjunction with that, there may have been actually some lap overlap. Um, I Just reading through it all, I thought that. That was what struck me. Uh, we mentioned this before, the Flood Gallery, the art prints for Led Zeppelin 4, uh, 440 it was called, the celebration. And he's got a good roundup of it. He was there, and he's a very good roundup of it. Uh, interview with Howard Millette. Uh, it's part two. The last one was um, in the last edition. Um, 
including a couple. This one has some interesting stuff, including um, uh, him lending some of his. Like he Howard Millette was a great chronicler of Led Zeppelin and, and kept scrapbooks of all their magazine and newspaper appearances and stuff, and lent some of that stuff to Peter Grant sometime in the 80s and never did get it back. Um, Grant was working on an autobiography, uh, it sounds like. And there was a few other, you'll have to read it, you know, I don't remember offhand, but there was a few other things that were, oh, that's really interesting. Um... An interview with Maggie Bell, which was which was really interesting. Maggie um, uh, was one of the singers um, signed to uh, Swan Song back when that was at '75 when they they started. And she released one album on Swan Song. Uh, before that, she was with a band called Stone the Crows, and uh, they document that pretty well here. Uh, Jimmy Page on stage with Roy Harper, exclusive. Um, and plus Roy Harper talks to him after the fact, ran into Roy Harper at a different event and uh, got Roy Harper's thoughts on that performance. So that was cool. And we, we talked about just a minute ago on this day, Jimmy Page is on this day. They have a fellow uh, summarized a lot of the recent postings, talks about the tone of on this day. And uh, he, as Dave Lewis is want to be done in this magazine, as much as I love it, they gloss over the negative uh, and they very much gloss over the errors that appear in, in on this day, and talk about a Jimmy's sense of humor um, that comes out on this, and uh, some of the good information that comes up. And there is good information. There's really good information now. Whether Jimmy Page's sense of humor comes out on this, uh, whether Jimmy's actually writing those little blurbs, I think is in question. But Dave Lewis does know Jimmy Page; uh, has met him a number of times. So he may be he may be in a position to say, oh no, that was Jimmy, <laughs> you know, some joke that that was in there and uh, never occurred to me. I I don't get too many jokes in it, but uh, I guess he does have a subtle sense of humor. And if you're if you're reading for that, maybe it's there. It's easier. I'm not really reading for it. So uh, that's it. So that's it's an excellent, I, and I should I just point out, this is an excellent magazine. I've talked about it before, but it's also, this is one of the best editions I've had. It, it is excellent. I enjoyed it from cover to cover. It is um, 31 pages. took me about three, four hours to read it. Uh, my neighbors are work. Uh, probably about an hour's read, you know, if you have a short plane flight. And it's so worth it. It's uh, It reads so well, and it's just as packed with information. You'll learn so much. So that's, there it is, Tight But Loose, um, issue number 31, available now. Uh, and also, Dave is taking um, subscriptions for next year. He does three a year. So if you go to tblweb.com, um, and, and you can log in and, and uh, order next year's editions. Now, yeah, I might, may have to go to the Tight But Loose, C-O-U-K. Um, and, and you can sign up for next year. Don't miss an edition. Have it show up at your door. That's the way. With a little personal note from Dave. I always get a little personal note from Dave. So it's uh, that, in, that into itself is a little treat. I, I kind of assume everybody else gets the personal note. Um, and so to end off here, our uh, Bring It On Home, and I'm recording from uh, rainy day. I'm recording from upstairs looking out over the street instead of my basement with a guitar beside me so we don't have the little... Um, Bringing on home lick for you, and I'm I'm sure many are relieved. Um, 
Story to end, lighter silly story to end. Tatine Candles, produced live in the studio, loud music, soft light candles from a rock and roll heart. Um, a woman called, I think she's in Chicago, Margot in Chicago, has a, a, a makes Tatine Candles, is, is the name of the company. And um, she has a, she's a big music fanatic, and um, she has a Led Zeppelin candle. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to find where it is. Her for the, 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 the anyway, let me tell you about her. I guess Margot's production studio is housed in an individual loft space in the middle of Chicago, with a great view from industrial windows inside her space, a former recording studio, which couldn't be more fitting, being a music fanatic. Margot finds inspiration from things that are old or have a history or story, and is inspired by modern design and independent artisans. An avid Anglophile, she absolutely adores London, Led Zeppelin, and the Beatles. Uh, in quotes, if only there was a time machine. Longtime fan of industrial machine age design, British design, vintage modern, and creating atmosphere, she's constantly inventing and dreaming of new products for Tatine. On any given day, you might see piles of fragrant oils on her desk, vintage style aprons covered in can of wax, tear sheets for magazines, and press samples of creations and new development. Other inspirations, the look and smell of city cement, street lines, tree lined streets wet with recently fallen rain, changings of the season. Margot tries to capture real aromas from nature, from plants, flowers, trees, and the earth in her creations. Heavily inspired of music in all her creations, her music reflects, her work reflects her music. And that's... I'm... Just going to try and... And bring up the, uh, bring up the webpage, and here we have it. Brown Rar Candles, stone cottage in the Welsh countryside, raindrops plus moss. As we walk down country lanes in a landscape where magic fills the air. So there you go. And she sells the Brown Rar Candle. Uh, and they are, let's see, two ounces to burn time, approximately 16 hours. And uh, it doesn't say how much. It's in a nice little, and it, it's in a little cup sort of thing, and then it's wrapped. It says Bronrar on him. And uh, a yeah, nice little thing. <laughs> you know? So there you go. If, you, if you're looking for the smell of Bronrar, um, Margot at, Margo at Tatine Candles has it just for you. Uh, you can order it off the internet. It is tatinecandles.com. Uh, and I will, uh, if you Google that, You'll get it, I'm sure. I don't have to spell it out for you, but I will put that link up on the on the uh, web page when uh, when I post this. So that's it. That's us for today. Thank you very much for listening. This is Ramble On Radio. This is Brian from Ramble On Radio, the only Led Zeppelin podcast available. And uh, ram go to rambleonradio.com for all your Led Zeppelin news. And I will see you in two. Weeks.